Welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider Weekly Podcast for all things animation, including reviews and interviews coming to you all the way from Arcadia. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, joining me from a floating castle in the sky that's powered by time itself, my co-host, Dave Trumbord. David, 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 how you doing, Doing buddy? Doing good, bud, here in Miyazaki land. I'm glad we're finally talking about Hayao Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli series, Castle in the Cloud, the series. No, we're not talking about about Castle in the Sky or Howl's Castle. Did I say Castle in the Cloud? So I I, I combined like two things into one thing that doesn't exist. (laughs) Into a Les Mis song. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) We're all over the place with our media today. (laughs) Wow, I, I... I, I'm laughing because the Lay Miz thing just threw me off. I was like, oh my God, that is right. There is that song. What a, wow. what a weird day it must be for me where a, a Lay Miz song uh, is in my head instead of either an animated series that doesn't exist or the one that we actually <laughs> watched to talk about today, <laughs> which is brand new on Netflix <laughs> and not from Hayao Miyazaki. Oh my gosh. We, I mean, clearly, we obviously have to be talking about Wizards yeah. from DreamWorks. Lay Wizards, Wizards right? Lay no, Late just wizards? wizards. Just well, it's w w w w wizards. Are you buffering? Is everything okay on here? I'm end? buffering right now. Cool. Just re, just a hard reset. Just control alt delete. Sean, uh, we are talking about DreamWorks Wizards. Dave, yeah. Why are we doing this? Why are we getting <laughs> this into it? This is a good like existential this is why. question. Just every just yeah, just every episode is just now going to be me why? having a crisis. Oh, just going, Dave, why? The more midlife we get, the more crises we have. Uh, until we solve it, we'll keep bringing those questions to you. No, we're watching <laughs> it because it's brand new on Netflix uh, for the yeah. for the first part, and for the second part, it's kind of a concluding chapter in the Tales of Arcadia trilogy. And if it sounds like I have a question mark at the end of every one of those statements, it's because this series. It doesn't quite close things off. There's more coming, and uh, we didn't mm. expect that to be the case. We thought this was this was going to be it, but uh, some news came out recently. There's more story to come. So if you guys right. are like watching all ten of these episodes, and you're like, wait a minute, they a didn't close it up, and b I'm hearing something about this movie that's coming out. So what's going on there? We're going to talk about it. We can take a step back, yeah. and we can say the first part of this Tales of Arcadia was Troll Hunters. Yeah, if exactly. everybody has watched that, yep. There's three seasons that are available of this. Towards the very end of Troll Hunters, Guillermo del Toro was like, I'm not done telling this story yet. I'm going to put a bunch of aliens in here and then have them disappear. And you're like, wait, what is happening? And then they created this show called Three Below. And it's also going to have a lot of techno music. <laughs> exactly. And so they they continued with Three Below. And now we have, as Dave mentioned, this is sort of the, the third in this trilogy. Not quite the period at the end of the sentence, but we're getting closer. So now we've gotten to the point where we're we're looking at wizards. We've had a lot of troll hunters. We've had some three below, yep. and we have DreamWorks wizards. Yeah, wizards. So, the least cool. interesting title, I think, uh, maybe of the three. <laughs> <laughs> troll hunter sounds cool, right? Troll hunters yeah. was what started it, and then it became Tales of Arcadia. So you're like, okay, well that's that's interesting. We live in Arcadia, yeah. uh, all of us. Now in the show, they live in Arcadia. And it's a place where I'm divided. Like, I don't know who would ever want to live there and who would ever want to leave there. Because depending on who you are, like myself, I would never want to leave. Because you've got trolls, you've got wizards and magic, you've got aliens. Everything fantastical, magical, sci-fi, 
anything supernatural happens there. So why would you ever want to leave? Now, it does blow up on occasion. Uh, there's volcanoes and, you know, cataclysms <laughs> and, like, moon crashes and time loops and all kinds of crazy stuff that happens there. But it's also a lot of fun at the same time. How about you? Would you want to move there or would you want to leave? Uh, no, I'd want to leave. And I think maybe mm. the only reason, Dave, and we could probably talk about this after the show, sure. that you don't want to leave is that you you bought a house there at a time when interest rates were sky high. And so it's been very hard to sell when a house disappears and then reappears and gets destroyed multiple times. I have significant real estate investment in Arcadia. So that's, I mean, you know, if we're being transparent, yeah, 100%, come to Arcadia and buy up one of my 3,000 acres, please. <laughs> It may or may not be a volcano. Yeah. Who knows? That's half the fun. Point. Location, right. location, location. <laughs> In this case, maybe this location, not that great. Not for you. To give everyone a little bit of context and some information about DreamWorks Wizards, we're going to turn this over to best friend of the show and longtime listener, Bobby Anthem, to break it down and give us a synopsis. So, Bobby, take it away. Following Troll Hunters and the second series, Three Below, Wizards marks the final chapter in the epic tales of Arcadia trilogy that brings together the three disparate worlds of trolls, aliens, and wizards. In the newest installment, Wizard in Training Duxie and the heroes of Arcadia embark on a time-bending adventure to medieval Camelot that leads to an apocalyptic battle for the control of magic that will determine the fate of these supernatural worlds that have now converged. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby. As always, where where do we want Bobby? Where do we want? I mean, I there's I feel like there's I feel like there's a couple good answers with this. If we had to place Bobby, I mean, first and foremost, restricting Merlin, it to wizards. Merlin. Yeah, Merlin. I mean, you know, sage, uh, wizard. I feel like Bobby would be a chiller Merlin than what we see in this. He'd be a little bit more accepting and understanding of a Merlin. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So, I yeah, kind of feel like that would be that would be pretty cool. I could also see him as one of the like arcane order, you know, one of these like ancient elementals. Okay. Who uh they've definitely got some designs on how they think they Oh, you mean the video game like. bosses that show up in the first episode? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the characters that show up at like the first part of an RPG and do a little bit of foreshadowing. They're just like, we'll see you later. And you're like, I guess I'm going to log 40 hours into this game before we fight again. Yeah, or you just kind of have like nine right. stage battles against them looking at you. <laughs> yeah, uh, Final Fantasy yeah, 2. Okay. Final, slash sure Final, that, Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, yeah. 4. Final Whichever one we're talking any about. Final Fantasy. US or Japanese release. I get it. There's a difference. It's literally all of them at this point. Yeah. For DreamWorks Wizards, we're going to talk about the good. Things that we do like. The bad. And the LOL, does this sound like a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western as I shimmy my shoulders? 100%. That's what it is. We called up Clint Eastwood and we're just like, we're going to bastardize something from the name of your, one of your more probably famous movies and we're going to use it to review cartoons. And he was like, sounds good. We're going to talk about the good, what we loved about this show. We're going to talk about the bad, things that we didn't like about this show, things that just didn't resonate with us. After Dave watching all 10 yeah. episodes and I've watched the first three. And we're also going to talk about the LOL. Things that made us laugh, whether it was intentional or unintentional. We kind of want to also take a step back and say we know that a lot of time, energy, passion, human resources, filling of applications and going through a bunch of stuff. Go into the creation of these cartoons, especially as I'm making those yeah, the money sign. dollar sign you fingers. You probably say money about three times for this particular show, but yeah. Yeah, money, money, money. Yeah, a lot of money. So there's, there's a lot of money that goes into making these productions. And so 
We understand that. We obviously have our own opinion about this. I know Dave has watched, I think, everything. Everything. All of the tales of Arcadia. Since the Uh, way back days, I don't know, 2016, (laughs) which seems like ancient now. But yeah, somewhere around there with the original Troll Hunters. And I've watched all of Troll Hunters. I did not get into Three Below, Mm. which I'll talk about a little bit more. And then I've watched the first three episodes of Wizards. So we will talk about that. If you have a difference of opinion about anything we say, message us and let us know about your difference of opinion, or if you like something, feel free to let us know over Twitter. Uh, Keep the conversation going over there. Let's dive into this with the good. Dave, a lot going on in Wizards. There's a lot going on. How are you feeling? What did you like? I'll start with how I felt approaching Wizards, right? Okay. So to begin with, been waiting for Wizards for a pretty long time. Like we said, this, this all started with Troll Hunters on the air back in 2016. It was a little while after that that we found out there would be more stories to come. Not just Troll Hunter stuff, but an expanded kind of universe behind that. But in Troll Hunters, we learn that Merlin existed at one point. Right. He didn't meet him yet. He wasn't cast. It wasn't designed, as far as we know. But the amulet that Jim or any of the other Troll Hunters get was designed by Merlin. It was his. It's literally like Merlin's amulet. And uh, for the glory of Merlin, like that's one of the first things that you ever hear in the show, it's the sort of, uh, not even a catchphrase, it's like an incantation to power up the amulet, and, and it's like a battle cry, right? So the existence of Merlin, and by extension other wizards and other magic, that was introduced early on. Never expected them to have their own actual standalone series on it, but now that it's here, yeah, I was super excited to see how they were, I thought, going to conclude the Tales of Arcadia's story <laughs> with this one last 10-episode chapter. So the good stuff. It doesn't quite do that, and that's a good thing, because the story that they tell is is more focused on one character who's kind of a sorcerer's apprentice, right? And this is Duxy, or Hisredukes, which is, it's a name I'll never be comfortable saying, uh, or yep. spelling, or looking Duke. at on in text in any form. I don't know where it comes from, I haven't researched that. Uh, I'm sure everybody in the comments will now let me know. If you had to spell it, though, yeah. off the top of your head, Dave, how would you spell it? Well, I know Hisredukes, I think. So H-I-S... R-I-D-O-U-X. I want to say I-E, but it might just be Yeah, e. damn, that's right. Is that good? I've seen it a bunch because yeah. I watch things with closed captions on because names like Hisredukes <laughs> are ridiculous. Uh, so Hisredukes <laughs> is this sort of uh, sort of goth apprentice, right, to our, like, our, our straight-backed by-the-book uh, Merlin. How many times do you think that he went to a My Chemical Romance concert. I mean, all of them, I guess, because he's kind of like yeah. a time traveler, too. Th- yeah, this guy, okay. I guess wizards in this world are kind of immortal until they either, you know, quote-unquote retire or are actually killed uh, because these guys were living for, like, centuries, if not millennia. Um, so I like that. I like the mythology of it. I like that wizards introduced kind of the classic, maybe original kind of wizarding mythology, which was not Harry Potter, but uh, Camelot. Merlin, obviously. You got to go back a little farther than uh, 1983 uh, to get into kind of that original uh, wizard's idea. So with that, you bring in all this Arthurian legend. You literally bring in King Arthur. You bring in Morgana. You, spoiler alert, kind of, even though he shows up, I think, at the end of The Last Troll Hunters, you bring in the Green Knight. You bring in a bunch of, like, interesting stuff from that mythology, and you get to see it in the kind of DreamWorks style. And that was interesting to me, and I think that was, uh, that aired on the good side. So that's a lot of rambling to say, like, wizards, magic, 
all in the style of Tales of Arcadia. It's something I've loved for the last five years. And that's something I continue to like in this current series. So you may have had a bit of a different experience not having watched like Three Below, but you're pretty well caught up on Troll Hunters, and that's honestly like 99% of this series. So what about you? What's good for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it was a lot of the lore, you know, of jumping kind of back into it. There there were a couple moments where they made reference to things that had happened in Three Below. Yeah. And because I don't have that reference, I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe I don't have to go back and watch Three Below now because these sort of gave all the information away I, about a couple key things. Uh, I will say I would still encourage people to watch Three Below just as a standalone series because it's actually surprisingly a very good commentary on sort of immigration in this modern world of ours, which I was not expecting. Huh. Um, huh. If you can get, if, if the humor is to your liking or you can just kind of like grudgingly accept it, if it's not, uh, there's a really good kind of immigration story in there. And our own uh, Rafael Motomayor wrote up a really good piece on that on Collider. So you can check that out as well. Very cool. I've been exposed to a lot of the lore that we had previously from Troll Hunters and watching all three seasons. And so yeah. this felt very familiar, familiar cast of characters, familiar voice acting cast that we had that's behind this. These guys do a great job with, with what they're doing and how they're working. Just a lot of like familiar, accessible characters from Troll Hunters. And again, at the very end of Troll Hunters, you get a lot of these hints about who these bad guys are and sort of who some of these main characters are, you have an opportunity now to see them and they exist in the wizard's world. And so they've always been in Arcadia and they've always been there. And so you, you know, you sort of get to see the current present day, but then as we've kind of talked about, you know, regarding time itself, you know, you have an opportunity to kind of go back in time and play around with that. And I love a good time travel story, especially one that's sort of, at least acknowledges how difficult time travel can be right. at certain points because it is as a storytelling mechanic, it's dangerous. It's real dangerous sometimes. And I don't think a lot of people do it very well. And so this one's a little bit more lighthearted because it is, you know, a cartoon and it doesn't take itself super seriously at times, you know, from the three episodes that I've seen so far, it was interesting. I did like that. I really did like that. I will say the time uh, really comes into play mostly throughout the season, but definitely a little heavier in the early episodes and then very much so in the later episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, without giving too much away, yeah, it becomes very important how time kind of factors in this world and who controls it and how they control it. And it also kind of stretches that scale quite a bit because it feels like we are finally now getting kind of the whole story, right? So with Troll Hunters, right. it very much focused on Jim and Claire and Toby and then Steve and uh, some of the other side characters, but a very kind of like focused character story within Arcadia, within kind of like their years in like high school, right? Very focused in. Three Below, we literally pull back to like, oh, there are other planets and other life out there, which is a big change from focusing on this, this tiny like California town. So now we've got all these different planets and different alien races, and yeah, they also come to Arcadia and kind of wreak havoc there. But now we've got this broader sense of, of a time scale. So if Three Below was more of a um, geographic, you know, spatial expansion, Wizards is definitely like a time expansion. You're stretching for like a millennia in either direction. You're learning that this was just a, a, a part of a story that's been going on for a very, very, very long time. And I love that too. So I love the time as a mechanic in the narrative itself, but also getting to broaden and, and really stretch out that timeline to see what's been going on, who's been doing what, and how long they've been doing it. So it was pretty cool. 
something else that I really like that I did not even get into. Yeah. Very beginning. You're going to get an intro. You're going to get Love a, a very intro. fun. You're going to get a very fun intro. I particularly really enjoyed this intro. There were parts of it stylistically mm-hmm. that I really enjoyed. You know, the kind of hint and allude and sort of in the same way that we have talked about anime theme songs yeah. before, where if you watch an anime theme song at the beginning of a story arc, they give away some of the stuff that happens. Yeah. It's usually pretty well done. Like you don't catch it until retrospect, yeah. but yeah, exactly. So you get to that, like, you know, that, that mid season or that like after arc recap episode right. where you're when just they like, change oh, the theme song. Yeah. Rap. Yeah. It oh, was right there okay. the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fun to kind of see some of that. And because we have watched so many cartoons at this point to pay attention to something of that nature and get invested in it as it's happening. So they do a really good job of kind of picking in many cases, like a single color and showing like different gradients mm-hmm. of that color in a way that almost kind of seems like I'm watching a game of Thrones intro sure. unfold yeah. for different areas and different aspects of time and the characters and the upcoming battles themselves. Very fun. I loved it. Uh, for me, it's rare that I sit and watch a cartoon over and over and over again where I get that intro and I think, okay, the next episode I'm, I'm 100% skip. skipping. Yeah. Like, I'm hit that skip. Yeah. We're done with it. Thank you. But this, I at least watched the full three that it, for the episodes that I've watched and thought, okay, I, I'm going to get to a point where suddenly something's going to click and there's going to be a battle that's in that intro that's going to resonate. And I'm going to say, okay, I understood why they seeded that in here in the first place. Makes sense. Very fun, though. I, I, I love watching it. The music is great in, in terms of what they yeah. present to you. It, it's, you know, you're seeing a lot of the characters, you know, that you know and love from Troll Hunter. That was super fun. I will say in the past, too, I can't recall if it was Troll Hunters that did it originally or if it was in Three Below or both of them did it. But usually in the closing credits, not usually, there's a couple instances where they'll, they'll do something interesting. Like Steve, uh, uh, Steve Palchek, who was Steven Young, uh, who's the, <laughs> one of the funniest characters so in this entire art. Like everything tells of Arcadia. Uh, we'll get more into that in a couple sections. But uh I think it was Steve and I can't, uh, Eli Pepperjack. It was Steve and Eli Pepperjack who were like, like rapping, doing like the, the creep snatchers or whatever they call it. Uh, they were doing like a rap, like a monster themed rap over the end credits. And you wouldn't get that if you just skip the credits. Right. So they have some of those little kind of like just fun moments for fans or like little Easter eggy type things in some of the credit sequences. So it's stuff like that, that makes you want to like at least sit there and kind of scan through the first 15 seconds or so of a credit sequence and be like, eh, are they going to do something weird here? Uh, I don't <laughs> think they did it very much if at all in wizards, but it's always something to keep an eye out on. Yeah. Right. Can I say, speaking of introductions, please, if you haven't watched the ends of troll hunters, and I don't remember if he pops up in three below or not, but Duxy, we're just going to call him Duxy. That's kind of the nickname for his or Dukes. You get an introduction here. So if you didn't meet him in the other series, where it was only very briefly, it's sort of like Merlin's assistant, you don't really know what's going on, and there's like a flying cat that's also a dragon that also has glasses and talks. Uh, If you didn't meet them... As you do. As you do, if you're a a cat dragon. If you didn't get to meet them in earlier series, you get a really really good introduction here. There's kind of like that nice flying introduction uh, from Archie's perspective, who's the cat dragon flying around. You see Camelot. I thought there was a Shrek reference uh, briefly in there. It looked like Princess Fiona for a second, but it was not. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, it was not. 
Shrek 5 confirmed. I don't even know what they're on anymore. But yeah, I thought they were going to work that in, but they didn't quite. Uh, and then you get the introduction to his Dukes as kind of the this sorcerer's apprentice kind of thing. He's literally just sweeping up uh, his space and the, and the sort of laboratory for Merlin. So he's been assigned these menial tasks. And he doesn't want to do it, so he uses magic to kind of like do the menial tasks for him. And then just starts playing the loot. And I just like that from, a, it's a really good kind of like character introduction uh, perspective. Because you you know almost immediately what kind of person his Redux is, right? He's talented. Right. He's obviously in the right place because he's got some kind of magical ability. He's a little lazy, maybe wants to take some shortcuts, and would honestly rather can, just kind of Can relate. Out. Yes, same. Except for the magical abilities part. Mm. But what's funny about that is it very shortly becomes clear that for 900 years... His Redux has been kind of stuck with these menial tasks and has not been given the go-ahead for that next level of, like, the wizarding abilities or whatever. He didn't pass his owls. He didn't pass his newts. He's just, like, just stuck at the sweeping level. Yeah. I love that we jumped into Harry Potter as well. We did. The challenge with this is that you flash forward those several centuries. Yeah, 900 years. Yeah. 100, 900 years. And you realize that he has not gotten much better. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of it that you have to ask yourself, how much is Duxie really paying attention or committed? Maybe he's playing a little bit too much loot at this point. Too much loot. He's, <laughs> he's also talked about text. Yeah, too much loot. He's also talked about text messaging. So maybe he's texting a little bit too much. Maybe he should be focusing on some of this because as we find out very quickly, his familiar Archie, mm-hmm who is kind of supporting him, even when he's identifying or talking about a specific creature that he may have captured, he's incorrect. Yeah, he's had You've had hundreds of years to figure this out. Yeah, and I hate to say that. If I've had 900 years to get good at something, I would think I'd get pretty good at it. I feel like I would have given him a break for the few hundred years of, like, the Dark Ages there. Like, maybe some stuff went down that were like, oh, okay, he's had a rough go of it. So they've had a few rough patches. But yeah, Duxie, you got to get it together. You also have to ask yourself the question, 900 years in the future, if you were somebody who was essentially wizard janitorial staff for Merlin, when you flash forward 900 years, maybe you would have kind of started investing, saving your money, building some wealth. Yeah, Yeah, That's classic vampire financials. Classic like vampire banking 101. Mm -hmm. You would have really gotten into it. Instead, he's working at a coffee shop. <laughs> My heart was just broken that that's how far he's gotten. It is technically, and maybe you haven't gotten to this part yet, it is technically a front uh, for a more of a wizarding uh, locale, shall we say. Sure. It's basically just Merlin's like bookshop. It's it's like his his, uh, his own personal library, essentially. I know, but you just, you think you build a, a giant conglomerate... <laughs> And, and you, you practice your magic there, and, and 900 years in the future, you're super ready to do the things that you set out to do. I feel like it's like it's a story of too much success too fast. Because it's like, you're look, you're working for Merlin, and yeah, your job is kind of like menial uh, janitorial labor, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just usually kind of like where a lot of people start. But he's starting for the top, top wizard like in the world. So there's no one else he can go to. He may get a, a better position somewhere else, but it's going to be for like a lesser wizard, right? So his choice is, well, I can either work for someone who's not as good as Merlin and maybe not learn as much, or I can just stay here and sweep floors until some chance to prove myself comes along. It's also very interesting, too, because when I think about what you just said, 
and it just dawned on me, Merlin, top wizard, people want to learn from yeah. him. Merlin has been sort of, a, he has maybe two apprentices at this point that we really learn about. Morgana, yep. she's super powerful. Yeah. She's very talented. She decides to go off and do her own bad thing. She loves Understood. her shadow magic. It doesn't really seem like anybody else is knocking on the door to learn from Merlin. No. And I, I want to say if this was like a rate my professor situation, I think he's going to get a pretty low rating. He's, get he's not there, a great teacher. He's not. It's, he's, he's one not. of those teachers. It's like if you wanted to learn uh, how to swim from someone and they just threw you in a pool <laughs> or just like threw you in a lake. And I'm like, figure it out, junior. <laughs> and then just fished you out when you were about to drown and then just repeatedly did that for 900 years. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you might get frustrated <laughs> eventually. And yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like, Zuxi could have turned dark. Like, he could have gone on Morgana's path and, like, taken that dark turn. But it shows some of his character that he has stayed with Merlin and is just kind of waiting for his chance to prove himself. Yeah. I love the scenario and the idea of, I'm going to throw you repeatedly into this pool. And then the further extension of it is, and now I know that I've abused you by throwing you into the pool for 900 years. Now I want you to be a lifeguard at that same exact pool. <laughs> exactly. There. It's like you're in charge now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's a really bad cycle. Yeah, it's awful. It is. You know what? Wizards, I don't think wizards are ever really the best parents. Uh, I just watched all of Umbrella Academy too. I feel like anytime mm. you have like quote unquote gifted kids with powers, especially if their parents or caretakers or mentors also happen to have powers. See also the magicians. Uh, it's always a bad situation. Like there's never a good kind of like loving, caring, um, healthy <laughs> relationship for any of these things. You would you would think that there would be some empathy just in terms of helping. You would hope a new younger wizard develop Protect and grow world. powers. Yeah, and and take the load off of your shoulders if you're the only wizard that's out there. I, I don't know. I feel like sort of in the same way that Aang was like, hey, yeah. I got to like make more airbenders. Yeah, like, going to repopulate an entire like clan of a nation. Yeah. Well, they were nomads, Dave. That's true. But they were still a nation. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Nomad nation. I feel like we're veering into the bad. <laughs> is there anything else from the good section you want to talk about? I wanted to say uh, I, 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 this is part I've taken this out of my LOL because it is a part of this show, which are just general catchphrases mm. that they put in here that I enjoy, which I think are good. You get in from Troll Hunters, we have the carryover of Steve saying butt snacks. Yep. And every time I say butt snacks, for some reason, I hear ducktails and I just want to do the like woohoo perfect. after it. Yeah. So if I was like, hey, Dave, butt snacks, Woo. perfect. Man, that was real so, strangled. It's okay. Whoa. It's it, you know what? It's still bad allergy Working season. On it. So it is. Yeah, we just we didn't warm up at all. So these are <laughs> really rusty didn't. vocal cords. Yep. And then we get one from Duxie, which is fuzz buckets. That, that was he says, he says it pretty early on. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. No, I just like when they set a tone for characters and how they respond to certain situations, and then it comes up over and over again. I think it's a very nice way to kind of understand that character the catchphrases their sensibility some of the humor that you have that's in the show what i loved about that was he started with fuzz buckets and then took butt snacks by the end of the season so you'll find out oh, that Dixie kind of appropriates that phrase too so that was a cute Got way it. to like merge the different worlds which what about just merge them and just say like butt fuzz <laughs> you gotta be real careful with that yeah just worry about them butt buckets. Mm -hmm. Butt buckets is okay. Butt fuzz yeah, could fuzz, be tweaked. Fuzz snacks. We're going to get dinged by the auto-scrollers on YouTube. One of the other things I really liked about this show, though, was uh, the fan service. It, it paid off for fans who have been watching everything from the beginning. 
There are a lot of callbacks. There are a lot of uh, connections. You get to see Noam Chomsky again. Mm-hmm. He's got a number of uh, of moments. Noam Chomsky so with his like wife, I guess we're calling her. I don't really know what this little plastic Presumably. Barbie doll wife is. Uh, but you see them pop up. Um, Toby, you know, we get we get a resolution of Claire and Jim's story in really interesting ways. So it's not just the story of wizards. You also get a conclusion kind of of the, the troll hunter's story so far. And a lot of uh, lore and backstory from troll hunter so there's some uh there's some comic book stuff that didn't make its way into the earlier seasons of troll hunters and it gets brought up here so there's some oh, cool. really cool moments like if you've been paying attention or even if you just wiki it if you're not sure what's going on it's really cool to see that they've uh they've paid off some interesting way so a lot of attention to detail there a lot of rewards for the fans if you've been following along and honestly overall just like a, a general solid fun fantasy story Right. And I just like the fact, as you mentioned, yep. you know, they did a great job of being able to t- let you know Shrek 5 confirmed. Yeah, confirmed in world. And that is actually true. They're, they have made four Shrek so I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's, speaking of Shrek. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Shrek 5, <laughs> let's get into some stuff that didn't work so well. Let's get into, yeah, let's get into the bad. Let's get into the bad. Yeah. Uh, anything that didn't work for you, Dave. I will say pacing. Uh, this is the okay. shortest season by far, by like three episodes. So it's only 10 episodes, and they're relatively short episodes. You know, they're, they're 22 minutes and change, but it feels rushed. Uh, it feels rushed, and at the same time, it feels weirdly separate sometimes. They spend a lot of time mm. in the past focusing on stuff going down in Camelot. Like, what's going on with Arthur? Why is he so mad at these trolls out in the dark forest? And it just feels like a lot of times, as much as I like them layering in this this history and these Easter eggs, sometimes they revisit history a little too closely to what we've already seen. So you may mm. get a different angle on like, I don't know, a famous battle, but there's a lot of kind of preamble that leads up to it that doesn't necessarily feel like it's part of the main story. So it's both rushed in terms of pacing and it feels a little underbaked when it comes to how how firm the kind of overall story is. You talking about a certain bridge battle that we bring up Definitely a lot? Definitely talking about that bridge. Talk about that bridge. Talking about the Battle of Tillamook Cheese Bridge. <laughs> sponsored by... I will say something that did not work for me is... This is a little bit challenging okay. because DreamWorks made a great movie called How to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. And Three I really love... Yeah. yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. And they've, they've, done, uh, they've done a great job with that. Really, uh, really enjoy this. Watching the opening sequence of this, as you mentioned, I thought to myself, oh, cool, toothless. And then it evolved into a cat. And so there were just enough moments that made me think, oh, cool, we're watching another dragon movie. And then it was, it flipped and it was back in this universe. And so there was a part of it that I know it's the same studio. Hey man, I saw Shrek when they went to Camelot, so I feel like I don't know. Are they just revisiting like their fun properties from the rest of this? Uh, you know, from their, I did from the, their past. I, I did this to myself with the whole Shrek comment, and now I'm paying for it. Well, but you're right. You're right. It's Camelot, you know, and there it's... was a lady with red hair and a green dress who was walking through the foreground, and I literally had to rewind to be like, "Was that Fiona?" I had to back up, <laughs> like a human Fiona, not a Shrek Fiona yeah. or an ogre Fiona. Uh, but so no, there... it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely parts in this where there were some things that felt like it was kind of borrowed or taken from something else. 
you know, and we're specifically talking about Archie and the, the character design. I really do like it. I really like seeing this black cat familiar yeah. for Duxie that has the ability to turn into a dragon. Just the challenge of this is that they made it turn into a black dragon that looks exactly like Toothless whenever it flies. I will say <sighs> it gets to wear glasses and it does talk. Uh, so Archie became kind of one of my more favorite characters over the course of the season. And there's a really cool kind of reveal, I guess, uh, a little later on the season. So that might make you like Archie a little bit is more. Is that he's not a cat? Well, I mean, technically he says that all the time. Uh, yeah. He's like, I'm not a cat, I'm a familiar. Even though everybody right. treats him like a cat. But there's something pretty cool that happens later on. Uh, I think it's like episode eight. But um, I like Archie. I don't mind the kind of very obvious nods to DreamWorks stuff. But yeah, it feels kind of like, wait a minute, are you just reusing this asset from 20 years ago? <laughs> are you yeah. like repolishing it or, or whatever uh, for Camelot or for Toothless? Yeah. So along those same lines, I think some of my biggest complaint for the show so far, mm-hmm. if I'm nitpicking, again, this is nitpicking, is I feel like some of this is more of the same. Sure. felt like the gym model looked very close to Duxie, just sort of elongated if you were to pull the face up and down. Stretched them and then if Gerard Way was to come in and do the makeup for this character and say, I'm going to put you in the Helena yeah. music video, are you cool with this? And he said, yeah, why wouldn't I'm, I'm immortal. This maybe should have been my good section, but to your point, a lot of the focus of Wizards, regardless of like the bigger picture things that are going on, the kind of like action-focused plot stuff, is daddy issues between Duxie right. and, and Merlin. Right. And the payoff is pretty good, I'll say, at the end of, of what happens there, but it just felt a little bit outside of, it felt outside of the story. Right. So it was difficult to kind of like, once everybody starts to come together and the action ramps up a little bit more and you figure out, you know, oh, these are once again world ending stakes and everybody gets to, a part to play in it. It gels a little bit better together and it feels more like Tales of Arcadia that you expect. But yeah, it, okay. it takes a little while to kind of get okay with the story of Wizards. And then and there was definitely parts of the story leading into it, especially in the first three episodes yeah. where they are attempting to let's say change fate right in terms of what's happening and now it's been revealed to merlin that he knows that the duxie that's there is not the duxie from his time but almost actively works against him in terms of what he's doing it it, it just there's parts of this that it seems like hey merlin come on dude (laughs) he's not a good mentor and i don't know if they if they wrote him to be and they think that he is being a good mentor by literally not telling Duxie anything, but just, I don't know, man. But it, it's definitely one of those things where it's sort of like, how am I supposed to feel about Merlin? Because you posit him as being this great kind of like beacon, but literally everything else, yeah, everything else that unfolds around jerk. him just turns to disaster. And then he just leaves this kid sort of in charge of stuff and then just kind of, you know, chastises him if he doesn't do the right thing or live his own life his own way. There, I will say... Just to, to pause it again, in the end, there is some decent payoff for that, but it makes it feel more manipulative because it makes it feel like the whole time Merlin was like, I know what I'm doing and I know you know what I'm doing, but it's going to shape you into a person who can become like the next wizard, the next Merlin, the next protector. So everything I'm doing is leading to that decision. And maybe it's because Merlin can like 
has got one of those things like Doctor Strange where he can see all timelines at once and he knows like this is what they have to do. That's not really clear. And it's unfortunate that it wasn't clear because it leaves us wondering, what are we supposed to think about Merlin? And I think yeah. maybe my gripe with part of that too is even when you get to episode 10 and everything kind of wraps up, it doesn't really wrap up because as we learned very recently, mm. just a couple of days ago, we got a movie. We got a movie. Now, they're saying that this was always the plan. I don't remember hearing about mm. this or writing about this. Uh, I don't know. It's a little strange to me that there's 10 episodes of that last season. It's a little rushy. And now they have a, a movie in 2021, which I guess is just going to be one big action-y, adventure-y thingy that's just going to kind of tie stuff up. But what's weird is I don't know what's left to tie up. Without giving anything away, at the end of the season of Wizards, they've kind of solved the major thing, and the players who were in play are now not, and the ones who kind of took their place are now set. So it's kind of like, what are you going to introduce here that, that could be the next big adventure? I don't know. I don't know what's going to be. I think it makes sense, though. I mean, when you think about the title sure. of the movie, Rise of the Titans, who is a big green titan in the industry that the we have Hulk. yet to really kind of confirm in this series? Okay, well, that wasn't the callback I was looking for that we've made so far over the last, like, 40 minutes, but sure. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) That would be amazing. Shrek. I'm going to be livid if Rise of the Titans is not all of the Troll Hunters gang fighting against That would actually be really fun. I would watch, like, a Super Smash Brothers of DreamWorks IP, like, bringing a Kung Fu Panda crew, Master, or Megamind, why not? No, I don't know. What do you think happens in Rise of the Titans? Like, I don't... At one point in, in Wizards, they say, go and gather the champions of Arcadia. And I said, okay, when I got to the end of the season, I'm like, it feels like there's more story to tell. Maybe there's another series coming out with everybody together called Champions of Arcadia. And then the very next day or whatever it was, they say, mm-hmm. okay, here's Rise of the Titans. So, you know, Wizards was a little light on the alien stuff, on the Three Below stuff. Maybe we have an unfinished story there that uh, maybe some alien invasion, another alien invasion <laughs> becomes the focus maybe the rise of the titans are literally maybe they're pulling from what was it like greek and roman mythology so maybe these are like elemental titans they get some uh they get some right and i I think we have we have seen elementals so far so maybe there are bigger uh, literally daddy level elementals yeah that are upset that their mini boss children have been defeated. And so they're going to rise and then the real boss is revealed. And then you got to fight the fourth climate change, whatever manifestation of Sephiroth. What? I'd be okay. I know. I I went final fantasy seven. I would love it. If uh, the Titans was literally, (laughs) and I feel like we've seen this before, but maybe they were actual like elemental Titans that rose up. And the whole, the whole movie was like a, a, take on like climate change and like the earth protecting itself it could be something like that and and arcadia could be sort of this like hell mouth of where they all rise up from i don't know what it's gonna be just to wrap all that up i don't know how i feel about the fact that i was amped for like the final thrilling conclusion to the tales of arcadia and then they're just like hold that thought johnny not yet Here's a movie that nobody knows about kind of a letdown it was less of a letdown and more of just a like it changed my kind of excitement it kind of redirected my energy because i was i was if you're if you're getting to the end of a book right it's that kind of cliffhanger idea if you're getting to Mm -hmm. the end of a book and you're like i don't know how they're gonna wrap this up in 12 pages 
And then you get to that last page and nothing is resolved. Maybe like a, an action-y point is like resolved, but there's still a lot more stuff to answer. And then they're like, look for our next book in 2025. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. To your point, as I think we're transitioning out of yeah. bad and into LOL, which is I think squarely and where Shrek we both want to be yeah. right now, and Shrek 5, we, you know, it, it's hard when we kind of have this set up and we say that we're going to be concluding something right. after a trilogy and then to kind of shift your your direction. There's just a lot of stuff that seems like it is more of the same for yeah. better or for worse uh, that's included in here. And it seems like there's just sort of weird references and reuse of, of character design that we have from other DreamWorks pictures IP. And that's okay. It's just a little weird. Like, I visually. get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you, I... Again, like we're nitpicking on this and I say all of this and I fully understand that if I look at anything, you know, that uh, DreamWorks has also done regarding like Voltron or She-Ra, there's a very distinct yes. style that they have for a lot of those characters that are there. This I get that. This is way more you know? like DreamWorks house style. Like this is what you expect from DreamWorks. Ooh, yeah. This, yeah, this is like, this Big is eyed, round ah, face classic DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Oof, just chubby, chubby little Toby. <laughs> oh, I love Toby. Love, Toby gets love, a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff in here too. But it's it's almost like there's so many people in there in such a short amount of time that even the even the characters you've been with for you know dozens of episodes, four years, even some of their stuff feels rushed. It feels like they want to get you to that next point, and then like, well, there's no time to talk about that. We've got to get to the emotional stuff. I'll say I can't talk about specifics because the show's not out yet. There's another show. It's only like eight episodes in his first season. One almost entire episode, and it's a, it's a younger skewing kids show. One almost entire episode is, is dedicated to, it's almost like a bottle episode, right? They're all in the same space, and they're all talking through all the stuff that just happened to them. And these are relatively young kids. They're talking it out. They're sitting, they're quietly, I mean, sometimes yelling, but they're, they're going through the emotions, they're processing everything, and they're acknowledging all the mm. stuff that happens. That doesn't happen in this series. Everything just kind of moves from one thing to the next and it races through and it doesn't quite feel satisfying at the end of the day. Let's get into some LOLs. Dave. Yeah. I had two specific LOL moments. Did you? Okay. Yes. From the first three episodes I watched, they are both Steve related. I mean, same. I started writing his stuff down, but then, uh, you know, I filled up a notepad essentially and was like, oh, I'm on episode <laughs> five. And it was all Steve stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of it is like, callbacks or his catchphrases or just him being real stupid and uh it's nice to have that kind of release valve right there's yeah. other kind of somewhat serious stuff going on but everybody else can take it seriously because this goofball over here is the one that allows you to laugh and kind of like lighten up a little bit so what do you have for steve so i have a moment where he's trying to get siri to record a message and he just says hey siri what's battlements do you want to set that up a little bit? Sure. He has been pulled back in time. Right. They are... In a castle. Uh, or no, he's he's in the castle. Yep. Castle in the sky. He's singing a majority of what they have for Les Mis at this point. Yep. And somebody says, we need to get to the battlements. And he does Everybody else goes running. He yeah, everybody quiet. else... Yeah. It, it's, it's a familiar concept. They all get it. They're ready to fight. He's a dumb. And Steve just kind of looks at his phone and is just like, hey what are battlements? And it just, you get that Siri tone where it just goes, no results found for 
bagel mints. And bagel mints. I want to say if, as a part of the promotion for this, <laughs> if they didn't make bagel mints, missed opportunity. Now, Real missed opportunity. Is it a mint that tastes like a bagel or a bagel that tastes like a mint? It has to be a mint that tastes like a bagel. It tastes like a does New it, Jersey bagel, and we're be. all on board with it. It's got like the proper amount of chew like in the bagel because they used chewy mint. Yeah, you don't have to toast it. You can put butter and cream cheese on it, but like it should have the right. Yeah, it should have the right amount of chew, you know. And it what should you want be like that an everything perfect. bagel mint. Well, I mean, then you sprinkle some sesame seeds and some caraway seeds and stuff on it. What if I want a little? You shmear? get fancy. Some locks. Well, then you know what? On the inside of the mint, you know, you you bite it open. And on the inside, there's just a little cream cheese center for you. It's perfect. And what could yeah, possibly go wrong? Yeah. Definitely going to freshen your breath. <laughs> Every time I think, I could really use a mint right now, but what I could really, really use is a mint with a cream cheese center. Here's my challenge. Every mm-hmm. time I think I want a mint, mm-hmm. what I really want is a bagel. Now, I mean, when that's I say, fair. All and when jokes I say aside, every time that's I think, legit. Yeah. yeah, legit. And every time I say when I think I want a mint, I should just replace that with any time I think I'm hungry, I just want a bagel. Yeah. We should I wish bagels grew on trees. Why doesn't that happen in this universe? I mean, I'm going to slide back into the bad section for a little bit. Don't as much it. magic is used in this uh, in this series, the world doesn't really feel super magical. It feels like it's all kind of restricted to just the individual people and sometimes creatures or, or, or beings who can wield it, right? right? It feels like magic has been restricted to those who can wield it. Rather yeah, than that's just something it. that's like out in the world. And that just there's kind no of like cool me, so magic stuff like all over trees. the place. Yeah, bagel trees. Like there's nothing there. Also, want to give a quick plug. Washington, D.C. There's a deli called Call Your Mother. Best bagels I've had recently. Nice. Slap a piece of Tullamook cheese on that. Are, you're good to go. We are not. One day we're going to get sponsored by some cheese. <laughs> we're working on it. If you're listening and you're cheese, give us a call. Or a bagel. <laughs> Either or. I'm on board with both. Uh I had one other like very small reference from Steve, which is funny that you've already introduced and talked a little bit about passing your owls or your newts mm. regarding Harry Potter, because at one point he calls a wizard Dumbledork. Yeah. And that made me laugh. Yeah. For no other reason than just to simply reference <laughs> and to the Harry Potter universe. So Pretty much everything that Steve says, and I will say towards the end of the season too, he gets uh he gets a little bit more dramatic stakes, but nothing super serious. Uh, yeah. A nice character moment for Steve, which is good. He's had an interesting arc because he was kind of the, the typical bully back in 2016. And then he's kind of like, he's gone through an interesting arc. Uh, we'll just say that. One of the callbacks is early on, he gets his tooth knocked out. Now, this is going back to like Troll Hunters. Yeah. He gets a tooth knocked out, though he had the whistle the whole time. Yep. And a little bit of a lisp. So Stephen Yun had to do that the, yeah. the entire time. Had to knock his tooth out. Had to knock his own tooth out. <laughs> so he's in, very method. He's super method. He's hilarious guy. I love that he got to do this role during and after all the Walking Dead stuff because it's like such a super serious, like dramatic role. And now he just gets to be like a silly. Uh, he gets to play around as a voice actor, and he's great. I hope he does a ton more stuff because he's, he's done yeah. a really good job. Uh, but there's a moment where Steve in this season gets his tooth knocked out again. And just goes, oh, my tooth. And just his delivery of it just takes you right back to that that early season. And then he just pops it back into place and he's good to go. So, again, the little call outs and Easter eggs and callbacks, that was really fun to see. And that was a specifically funny one to me. 
And it's great, too, because let's just give Steven Yeun a lot of praise. He's yeah. Keith in Voltron. Yeah, Again, exactly. another DreamWorks. Yeah. He's also in BoJack Horseman. Yep. He is Speckles yep. in that, too. So good. He's done a lot of really good voice acting stuff in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Just dynamite. Some other funny stuff. Uh, I don't want to give away the reveal because it's fun. But I like when you learn more about Archie. That's kind okay. of a very funny, just kind of off-kilter reveal. Hmm. Um. Most of the stuff that Arg gets to do is kind of funny just because I like Fred Tatashore and I just like this like yeah. big, bulky wingman just like rumbling around. But honestly, there's not a lot of like just pure fun, funny stuff in Wizards. It's kind of, it's not dour. It's not dire. It's your typical kind of like end of the world, end of existence. We've got to fight against it stuff. It's just that they cram a ton of like action, a lot of magical effects. And a lot of stuff where they're trying to wrap up character stories and interactions, so there's not a lot of room for super, super funny stuff. That's all. You want to talk about Steve drinking onion beer and rapping at the that same time? That was really good. He's That's a master good. wordsmith. <laughs> that was great. So I loved. Fantastic. So Steve, at one point, uh, kind of comes into the employ of like Lancelot and the other knights of Camelot, and they're kind of training him up, and he's pretty bad at it to begin with. Uh <laughs> But he wins him over, you know, he wins yeah. him over to, to his side and uh, and he proves himself. He gets to stand up against, the, you know, the trolls and the, the other, the goblins. I love the goblins anytime they, they show up. They're just so they're weird. So they're so strange and they're so evil. <laughs> but they're a lot of fun too. <laughs> um, a Three Below reference, talking about Dad. I think the character's literally just called Dad, voiced by Tom Kenny. I don't want to say too much, but anytime that character shows up, uh, with or without a body is very funny. Got it. Yeah. Anything okay. else for you? No, I think that's everything. Shut it down. Let's, yeah. Well, guess what? This is our last episode ever. Yeah. We wrapped except everything for, up. Except for the movie. Yeah, the podcast movie coming <laughs> that out we're doing. It's called The Rise of Dave Surprise. as Shrek. The Rise of the Shreks. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into our recommendations now for long-time and first-time listeners we can say that we can recommend a cartoon and we can tell you why we recommend this cartoon, why we think it's a good use of your time and you should check it out and watch it. Other than the fact that it's available on Netflix and we're still in the middle of a pandemic and there's not a lot of entertainment coming out. We can also say we don't recommend something and we can give you an explanation why. If we don't recommend something, we can go one step further and we can give this the dip. Yes, the dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We can dip a cartoon and it erases it from the annals of cartoon history. Sean and Dave, have you guys dipped cartoons before? Yeah, buddy. Oh, man. What a question. So we're going to go into all of this. So Dave, right now for DreamWorks, Wizards, how are you feeling? It's tough. Um, I will say... Look, if this is your first time popping into Tales of Arcadia, don't start with Wizards. Yeah. Not going to make any sense. Even at the end of it, you're probably just going to be like, ah, I'm good. Like, I don't think I need to watch the other ones. Uh, I think it's the weakest of the three. Mm. I think I think I feel comfortable and confident saying it's the weakest of the three, which kind of bums me out because I was hoping that this would be like the big final push, the big final stamp on the whole story so far. Tie everything together. I don't know. I just, I wanted a little bit more from it and I did not expect to have to wait for that again in a movie. That being said, if you have been watching Troll Hunters and Three Below, absolutely watch this because it does feature a lot of really cool stuff that ties those threads together, even if it doesn't quite put a bow on the end of it. 
you get to revisit your characters, see what they've been up to, see what happens to them next, meet some new solid characters who have really good motivations and, and good arcs at the end of the day. But I think for some of the stuff that we talked about, it just it's just not the best of Tales of Arcadia and what it has to offer. Right. So, hmm, that's tough. I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot of... A lot of deferment to me. It's it's kind of like if I'm on the fence about stuff, I like to hear a second opinion before I go one way or the other. No, I get you. I get you. For all of the things that we listed in the bad, it's the recognition that some of this was being nitpicky in terms of what was there. Yeah. And at no point were there terrible things that we see in other cartoons like jank animation or crappy voice acting or terrible uh you know sound effects that's included in this none of that existed right. you know we're we're taking shots at stuff that is very minute on the scale of things that are out there i agree with dave in saying that do not jump into this first <laughs> you know uh, definitely go and watch troll hunters yeah and i think that this is a little bit hard because sure i haven't finished watching this i'm already kind of seeing some cracks in the surface in terms of what wizards has there but i will say i'm going to recommend the cartoon okay because i have watched troll hunters i probably should go back and watch three below at this point but i have now watched you know a a good healthy chunk of this season of wizards and for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned you know such as the reveal about sort of what archie has or i know that it's not necessarily the conclusion of this series but something that is an ending to this story. And I will say that I really do like the fact that despite the fact that this may be the weakest of the three, it's only 10 episodes, right? It's only 10 episodes (laughs) and we don't have to get into too much of it. Uh, I don't have to hear the word Duxy said very much. Probably he'll be a prominent character in rise of the Titans and I'll have to hear it all over again. And I'm just (laughs) deep breath. We'll get there in 2021 when that actually premieres if so I'm we're fine still around on 20 if we're still around Yeesh. we this this podcast has gone from cartoons to just naysaying and negative energy I'm just about hoping the we future live and for prospects another year. yeah right <laughs> let me ask you this after watching three episodes do you want to watch more like what's your excitement level for finishing out the season honestly i really like steven yun and i like the yeah. steve character and that is kind of making me laugh okay that's enough and yeah, and that 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 for me right now is enough. I mean, there are so many characters that we have that are in the the voice cast that I really do uh, enjoy. It's a great cast. You know, so much. Charlie Saxton yeah. as Toby, so good. Most of these people, you know, really fantastic. I want to say I'm going to screw up the character's name, but we have a we have a female troll that were introduced at one point who is uh, it's Stephanie. Uh, is it Beatrice? Yeah, I think so, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Exactly. She's, She's fantastic great. in this. She's great. She's great. Uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how they play around with the timeline that I know from Troll Hunters with those familiar events and artifacts and how they come back to resolve this portion of the story. So and that enough for me is a recommend. Yes. And I'm only saying that because I have watched Troll Hunters. But again, if you have not watched Troll Hunters, invest the time. That is a fantastic show. And I will say like that is some of the stuff I'm talking about with Wizards where it's like that payoff is worth it that payoff is worth watching troll hunters and then popping into wizards to see what they do with it because they do go back and connect some stuff in really interesting ways my only yeah i was gonna say i think if i had not watched 
at least troll hunters. Oh, forget it. I would not recommend this cartoon. That's that's the tough part because it's sort of like I'm trying to treat this as a, a standalone series. And I don't know if I could recommend it. I don't as think a you can series. because it's the whole Tales of Arcadia. That's well, that's why I'm trilogy. wrestling in my head of like whether right. I recommend it or not, and do I want to put an asterisk on it and like Barry Bonds this thing or like. <laughs> it's sort of like to me, three below like Troll Hunters is is far and away the best as far as I'm concerned. To me, three below was interesting, not necessarily because of the specific characters themselves being aliens or being into like techno or having this kind of like weird neon aesthetic and whatever else they had going on it was strange it wasn't one of my favorite things but i love the kind of commentary on immigration it gave a second layer to the story that you could enjoy it as as a kid you could also enjoy it with a little more uh, deeper kind of like inspection of the story that they were telling i appreciated that especially as the series went on it's got layers like an onion layers like a, like an onion like an ogre but in this show i don't know what else there is besides like an dad apprentice issues. and dad issues like and tying off the story. So maybe this is tying everything up and just setting stuff up for the movie. And maybe the movie is really going to be what we were looking for. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll say this. I recommend watching all of Tales of Arcadia. Okay. Beginning to end. And that includes Wizards. Okay. As a standalone series, if you could consider it a standalone series, I wouldn't recommend Wizards just on its own. It, 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 stands too much on the shoulders of kind of what came before it rather than acting like its own story and if you took it as its own story it doesn't feel like there's enough there to be worth even the three three and a half hours you'd put into it it's Which I like hate to say i feel bad saying it no but I, just, I don't i, just I wouldn't don't. feel bad saying it yeah. look it's like picking up the c.s lewis book silver chair <laughs> and then the last battle and being yeah. like wait these kids are still dead while and listening then, to silver chair n- yeah exactly <laughs> it's that kind of experience and i don't recommend that either to the 90s kids man i got mid 90s mid 90s music played on this one yeah i don't recommend that either yeah so i'm i'm yeah that's my caveat tales of arcadia 100 recommend watch it beginning to end get psyched for the movie enjoy that ride Can't wizards hurt. by itself especially if you haven't seen any other tales of arcadia stuff don't do it i recommend watching it in this order wizards <laughs> Three below, troll <laughs> movie troll hunters. <laughs> Shrek, Shrek, troll hunters. Shrek four three one. <laughs> no, I think I think we uh, I think we agree on this. Watch all of Tales of Arcadia. Yeah, in, in the proper order, not in the messed up order I just said. But watch all of them. Uh, but I think it'd be really hard to get buy in if you just watched Wizard as a standalone yeah. because all of these things have built off of each other for the last five years, four or yeah. five years. There's, there's a payoff to watching Wizards for this, as well as also some fun reveals. Yeah, and uh, who knows? Maybe if I watch it again and not having, you know, just finished it, basically. And maybe when you finish it, too. I, I would like to hear your opinion on, on whether you think uh, it's a full, solid, standalone series that you could recommend or not. Okay. Let us know, yeah. Sean and everyone listening. Right. Well, that's it. We're, yeah. uh, we're, closing, the magical, we're closing the magical book. Putting in, um, we saved our magical receipts, and we're turning it to Merlin's Bookshop. We're done. We did it. DreamWorks, Wizards, that's it. Done. Let's talk about some other magic, because you heard him on this episode. It's our buddy, Bobby Anthem. He's 100% magic. You can hear him on his paranormal... (laughs) Magic business. Magic business, Bobby. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, with his co-host, Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter, at IEXP underscore podcast. And Bobby also has a solo show, In Search of My Lost Soul. It's in the same stream. Go check it out. You can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. 
which is Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere else. Check it out. Dave, what do you got going on, bud? Same old stuff, bud. Just studying under a master magician, just sweeping some floors, and just waiting to get my big break. Oh, boy. You can find me over at Collider.com, not recommending shows. You can also chat me up on Twitter <laughs> at DrCollMD. And if you want to read during this here pandemic or have someone read it to you, I guess, there's also an audiobook. So have fun with that. It's The Science of Breaking Bad. Available anywhere The Science of Breaking Bad is sold. <laughs> What's going on with you, bud? I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point, And we perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. Yeah, I know. People aren't getting together in person right now, but we do online shows, so you can come and watch me from the comfort of your own home or on a tablet or a phone. We're having fun with it. It's They're free shows. You can check them out. I Very recommend fun. it. Yeah. You can also check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. I also do a comedy podcast called The Bureau, which answers the question, what do four dum-dums sound like when they record a podcast as if they were working as agents for the FBI in a break room in their off time? It's a fully improvised podcast with some, several members that have been guests on Saturday morning cartoons, such as Jamal Newman, Isabel Galbraith, and also our friend Jesse Chimes. So check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Bureau, we have now wrapped up season two. Ooh. Season three, I think, will come out towards the, the end of the year. Aww, so we got yeah. greenlit for a third season. Congratulations. Like, got that Bezos I that, money. I say, I say that like somebody said, like, you yeah, guys have been well, greenlit. you did. We're so just, technically you produced it, so you're fine. <laughs> kind of do. Exactly. So, Want to support us? Yeah, this little show, SMC. You can just go over to our Patreon account, patreon.com. And then search Saturday Morning Cartoons. Just remember, Morning with You, you can become a patron. We really appreciate it. Why? Because we're going to have some reveals in a couple months Ooh. for people who are patrons, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to release it to the general public. Don't worry. Just, like, chill out. Like, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Look, <laughs> stock market sometimes not doing great. Guess what's always doing great? Cartoons. <laughs> That's true, actually. It's <laughs> actually accurate. If I could invest money in cartoons, which I've actually done, uh, I would do that. Yeah. Also, because we don't understand how Apple iTunes works and their recommendation engine, just go and tell a friend who you think mm. would like this show. That's the best way to spread the message. Just go. You don't even need to be a patron if you don't want to, but you can tell a friend. We would really appreciate that. Or just tweet out a message about us. Slide into our DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's Morning With You. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all these links as well as recommend cartoons and see all the cartoons that we've watched by going to the link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media accounts. And as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Thank you so much. Dave and I are going to, we're just going to dance our way out of this episode. I think we are. Yeah. Yep. Two silver, two silver chair. Two, so can you dance or, to silver chair? No, you know what we're going to dance out mm. to? Shrek the musical. Ooh, rough. Do not recommend. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. See you in 2021. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>